Hello, beautiful, and welcome to another episode of Gala Loves Everything. And this is the hotly awaited, hotly anticipated follow up to my podcast about manifesting your dream home. And this is the Q&A portion. I got some really great questions um, when I was asking about what are your questions around manifesting your perfect home. And we're just going to jump straight into them because I know that's what you're here for. So let's get into it. So here is the first question, which was how to release the subconscious programming of unworthiness. And I want you firstly to just understand that we all struggle with feelings of unworthiness in our lives, no matter what the subject area is. So some of us have unworthiness programming around abundance. Some of us have it around relationships and love. Some of us have it around homes or nice things. We all struggle with it to some degree or not. You know, some people even have subconscious programming of unworthiness around looking good or feeling fit and healthy. They don't believe that it's okay for them to have that or that they will never be worthy enough to attain it. So firstly, I just want to let you know that this is really normal and very common. And the only way to release your subconscious unworthiness programming is really to just keep doing the ongoing work because no matter how much releasing of this programming you do, there will always be new levels of this that crop up. And if you're someone who runs their own business or if you are a super expander, uh, listen to my podcast about that. It's very illuminating you will find that you are constantly butting up against that next level. There will always be new levels of things where you're like, am I worthy of this? Is this okay? And, you know, I remember talking to someone recently who owns a really nice car and they were talking about wanting to buy another one. And they were like, well, you know, I can't have two nice cars. And they said, why is that? Who dictates that rule. That's your own limiting belief. There is no true reasoning why you can't have two of a nice thing. That's just a limitation you've placed upon yourself. So really this is about doing the ongoing work of releasing that programming and you know your subconscious mind controls 99% of what you're doing. It is always running the programs and unless you take a you know, a microscopic lens and start really looking at why you're making the decisions you're making. The stuff that you absorbed as a child up to the age of seven years old is really running your life. Everything you experience up to that point has created your life, your beliefs, your ideas about how people are, how things are, what's acceptable, what isn't. And so we really have to start picking through all of this stuff with a fine tooth comb and really dismantling the things that are not serving us. So I had my resistance to moving into this house too, thinking it was too big, it was too much for me, it was too expensive. I actually came to look at it and sort of thought like, ah, well, I'm not really willing to spend this much on a house, so whatever, let me just look at it anyway. But once I got in here, I realized that I needed to upgrade my beliefs around what was acceptable for me and what was I was worthy of and what I wasn't. And actually my director of operations and my right hand babe, Audrey, I was texting with her about it and she was like, you're worthy of this. Like, it's okay. Like you're allowed to have this and to want this. 
And sometimes, you know, we do need those people in our lives to serve as mirrors and remind us that what we want is completely okay. So how to release the subconscious programming of unworthiness? Tap it out, honey. Tap it out. Tapping is the most powerful technique for releasing those old programs, old beliefs, and just busting through them and then reprogramming yourself with something that's empowering and that makes you feel good when you think it, as opposed to always linking low self-worth to the things that you want, because you're never going to get what you want when you just are walking around feeling totally undeserving of them. So there's that. The next question was, how do you visualize a big, 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 beautiful home? I'm always so damn realistic. So this is also, you know, there might be a a pinch of unworthiness in there, but my suggestion for you would be to start diversifying your input. So what I mean by that is to look at people who are not in your peer group, not your friends, not your immediate family, Start to look at other types of people and start to realize that there are a lot of people living in a big, bold, fabulous way. And crucially, that they're not any better or more special or intelligent than you. They're just not. We have this belief often that great things happen to other people, but they don't happen to us. Why is that? If that's a belief that resonates with you, why do you think that? Why do you think that good things happen for other people and not for you? That's just some old programming. You probably got it from your family of origin. You know, you might've gotten it from society too. They're like, people don't people that look like you don't get shit like this. So pipe down. But it's really important that we start to comb through that stuff. Like I was saying, and just be like, okay, but why do I think Kendall Jenner can have a James Terrell art installation in her house? And I can't. Is she better than me? Is she more intelligent than me? Is she more well-connected than me? She's definitely more well-connected than me. But, you know, why do I think that I'm not allowed that or I'm not entitled to that? And just really putting on your critical thinking cap. Like, I don't know, do these people really, like, are they better than you? Do they have more, like, good karma built up? Like, I don't think so. So really just going through those things. And I think that diversifying your input's really important. And look, it doesn't have to be celebrity culture that you're looking to. It might just be really talented interior designers, right? You could look at Martin Bullard's Instagram. He's an incredibly talented designer and he decorates all kinds of spaces. And it's not always like the multi-million dollar thing, although he definitely does some of that, but it's really just about like he creates these beautiful spaces or someone like Kelly Wurstler. These houses have beautiful details, but you're not necessarily having to be a friggin' Rockefeller to afford this, right? So just start to bring in some other influences. You might want to follow the Architectural Digest Instagram or start looking at some of those videos or even there's a show on Netflix. I'm blanking on the name. I apologize. But it's basically three people go to different rentals like Airbnbs that have totally different flair and flavor and just start to notice what exists. There is so much more out there than your imagination can conceive of. And the only reason for that is because you just haven't seen it yet. So start doing some like sexy manifesting research, like start to look at what is 
available? What is it that truly exists? And start to get excited about that. It's really helpful for me. The next question was, what is being responsible financially versus being in a place that lights you up? So I think what this person is really asking is, should I spend more money than I currently have in order to get what I want? Now, only you can answer that question. Some people um, are very risk averse and they don't want to do that and that doesn't feel responsible to them and therefore they are going to stick within the parameters of what they can afford right now and that's that. And some people like a stretch. I'm someone who likes a stretch and this used to make me extremely nervous and I used to really play small and play within the realm of like what I could be certain of. But what I've noticed is that whenever I put out money that feels big, that feels challenging, that feels like I'm not sure if I can really afford this or this almost feels illogical to do, I recoup my money so quickly and so like powerfully. So for example, I remember signing up for Tony Robbins Business Mastery several years ago and it was $10,000 and I had never spent so much money on a training before in my life and I was really hesitant to put the money down because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make this back. This feels like a really big stretch. And it wasn't even that I didn't have the money. I just wasn't accustomed to spending that much on education. But I put the money down and as soon as I did, I felt really excited. And the thing that's interesting about spending the money, and I think this often happens within like a coaching uh, container, is that, sorry, that is my dog playing with a chew toy. I mean, it's very authentic around here. When you put down money like that, that feels big and feels stretchy, what you're really do? Okay, I'm going to stop her because this is very naughty. Please excuse me. So when you put down that money, what happens is by putting the money down, you're essentially signaling to your subconscious that you're serious about this. And what you'll discover is that you start to take more decisive action that leads you towards the thing you really want. And that's really powerful. So as soon as I put down the money for business mastery, even though it was a few months out, I found myself making different kinds of decisions. Because what happens when you put down a chunk of money like that is your identity shifts and you start to be like, oh, if I'm the kind of person who can put down $10,000 on business training, what kind of person is that? And it's almost like you push one domino and a bunch of other things fall into place and you start to just make different decisions. And I'm sure you don't even need me to tell you this, but when I took the training, which was in Vegas, I went home and I think that same week made more money than I'd ever made in my whole life within a week long period. So to me, the stretch is really powerful. And for me to say yes to things that feel a little bit out of reach is one of the ways that I have honed my super expander powers. And I'm often doing things that feel big or feel like I'm not ready for them. And it's one of the ways that I keep my edge and I keep things fun and I keep things challenging for myself. So to answer your question, 
I can't answer that question for you. This is something that you have to feel out personally. And I don't want you to make a decision that is going to be crippling for you financially. Obviously, you know, when you're in a place of real fear and scarcity around it, then it's not going to be a good place for you. But I do think it's important to stretch and only you know what's appropriate. Your stretch might be $100, your stretch might be $500, your stretch might be $10,000. I don't know, but that's my experience. My experience is that the stretch is powerful. And when I think about people, even within my peer group that I respect and admire, they in fact are consistently people who do stretch themselves. They do bite off more than they can chew. I think it's something that makes us great. I think um, when we don't bite off more than we can chew, we really stay stuck in a comfort zone and we stay where we are. And for me personally, that's not what I'm about. I want to grow. I want to shift. I want to do big, wild, radical things. And so that requires stretchiness. So my next question that I got was, I'm in my dream rental and I want to know how to make the most of it. And I referred to this, I think in my last podcast about manifesting your dream home, but it's really important to make the most of where you are right now, to have gratitude for it and to treat it like it is your dream home, even if it isn't, which doesn't mean if it's a rental for six months that you spend oodles of money on it, but just that you make the most of the situation you're in, I think is really powerful. So I'm in my place. I love this place. I think I will literally only be here for a year, but that having been said, I am, you know, paying an art hanger to decorate my office. I am buying things for the house that I think are going to make it better. Um, and I'm committed to making this as good a space I can as I, as long as I'm here. And that's really important to me. So I really think that there are so many ways to make your home beautiful. It might be that it needs a lick of paint. It might be that you want to put Sonos speakers in every room, which I cannot recommend enough. Having music playing while you're in the shower is fantastic. I love it. Um, something else I love to do is to play a rain playlist through my speakers in my bedroom when I'm sleeping. You will never sleep better. It's epic. Um, and then I'm really into lighting. So I hate overhead lighting. And so I invest in LED floodlights and neon signs and um, all that kind of thing. Beautiful lamps so that my space glows and so it feels really good when I'm in it. Those are things that you can do that will beautify your space. Buying really good bed linens is important. Um, having aromatherapy going. So I have diffusers all over my house and they often have lavender or eucalyptus oil in them. And um, also optimizing your house according to feng shui really works, like really works. You will love that. Next question was, did your previous home show you things you didn't want in your new home? Yes, it did. I loved my last place, but it was... I wouldn't say plagued with problems, but you know, really it was a beach house and it wasn't totally appropriate for living in full time. It just wasn't set up for that. Um, and so in your life, everything that happens is illuminating what it is you like and what it is you don't. It's helping you refine your desires. And it's very important that you pay attention to that. 
um, I remember talking to my father about meeting my mother and I said to him, how, like, what was the process of meeting her? Like, you know, I knew about their first date and everything, but I was like, you know, what did you, what were you looking for? And how did you know that she was a good fit? And my father, who is like the ultimate Capricorn said, I had a running sheet of women that I'd gone on dates with. And beside each name, I would write what I liked and what I didn't. And he was literally refining his desires. He was manifesting my mother. He didn't know it at the time, but he was just getting clearer and clearer on what he liked and what he didn't like. And you can do the same with anything else in your life. You can do it with people you go on dates with. You can do it on houses. You can do it on businesses, whatever you like. But it's really valuable to literally make a list of the things that you like and enjoy and the things that you don't. You know, the thing I really liked about my other place was I loved that it was in Orange County. I loved the view and I loved that there were big open areas. Um, and, you know, I loved that it was on the ocean, but that came with its own challenges and drawbacks. And so I was like, okay, great. So I held on to those things. You know, my new place has big open areas. It has a beautiful view and it's in Orange County, but I wanted to add in some more things. Like I wanted a walk-in closet. I wanted a really beautiful bathtub and a beautiful shower. I wanted a gorgeous kitchen. I wanted a garage. So these were things that I was clear that I was ready for, that I wanted for my next stage, my next level. And so that was really helpful for me. So wherever you are right now, I would say make a list of what you love and what you don't, and then just keep that in mind as you're searching for your next place. Um, and the final question that we got was how specific can we be? Um, and it depends on your manifesting style. I am a manifester in human design. Knowing your human design is really helpful when it comes to manifesting, but I'm a manifester and manifestors need to be really specific. Um, for me, it really helps to write down exactly what I want, colors, shapes, sizes, amounts, frequency, everything. And um, that was how I manifested my partner. Um, I wrote a book about it actually called Hologram Heart, but I literally... In that book, well, not in that book, but when I was manifesting him, I wrote a list of every single quality I wanted him to have and ding, 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 wouldn't you know it, he has every single one of those qualities. Um, and then with this home, I also used Instagram stories and Instagram generally for manifesting. So I would see other people's homes on Instagram and I would be really attracted to certain things like say their kitchen or whatever. And it's really interesting. My house has a lot of those exact features. So for me, it's really helpful to be specific and for other people, it can be helpful to be a little bit more loose. If you are some other type in human design, it might be more helpful for you to just have a feeling that you are looking for when you step into a home. So I would really recommend looking up your human design type and getting some more input that way. I am not a specialist on human design, but I would recommend checking it out and it can be really useful. Actually, I lied. That's not the final question. The final question is how to not get discouraged which is such a good question. And I talked about this in the last episode as well, but it is really important to remember that your timing is always divine and perfect. You do not need to be in a rush. I know you may feel like you're in a rush, 
but truly the universe has your back and it is creating the perfect lineup of elements and things and events so that you can find your beautiful home. But I personally think it's really important to just move at the right moment, not leap into something because you feel pressured or rushed if you can avoid it. Obviously, I know sometimes there are extenuating circumstances, but where you can, I believe it is so much more powerful to wait for the perfect thing than to take something that's not exactly what you want. Like when I bought my car last year, I had an extremely clear vision of what I wanted. I wanted a white car and I wanted white interior and it's not common. It's rare, especially the kind of car I wanted. There's just not a lot of them. Mostly people have white with a black interior and I just didn't want that. So I looked for months, like it took me ages to find this car. And then when I found it, I sent the man a deposit. I drove to Palm Springs and I picked it up. But for me, it was absolutely worth waiting and being patient to get the perfect thing because I knew that if I had to open my car door and it had black interior or tan interior or something I didn't want, I would be disappointed that I just didn't have the patience to wait for what I truly wanted. You deserve to have everything that you want and sometimes it takes time. And often we're like, where is my thing? I don't understand why I don't have it. I'm doing all my best manifesting work. I'm making the list. I'm having the gratitude and visualizing and blah, blah, blah. Where is it? But often what's happening in the interim is you're learning the lessons that you need to learn in order for that thing to come to you. So don't discount that. Like your life is moving at this pace for a purpose. It is all coming together in perfect timing. I promise you. And I know that in a couple months, you're all going to send me messages and be like, oh my God, you're so right. I found this place and it was almost perfect and I almost went for it, but I decided not to. And then the perfect place showed up and I'm so glad I waited. So I hope that these answers are helpful for you and I'm wishing you all of the best on your search for your dream home. And I'm sure that it's even closer than you think. I love you. I'll see you in the next episode.